while you're turning over there, let me say how thankful I am that by the time we get to um, this service, we've already had uh, several terrific worship services. We had our wonderful mosaic service on Tuesday night. We had a great uh, Ash Wednesday service on Wednesday night. Had a big crowd. It was a it was a wonderful service. Our Thursday night. Uh, worship service is always a delight at 5.30 on Thursdays. And then our our 9 o'clock service upstairs is, we've already been blessed about four times before we ever get here. That's why I'm always in such a good mood when I get here. I've already just, just worshipped up a storm, not to mention Sunday school. If you're joining us by live stream today, we greet you today, and we're glad that you're with us today too. Uh, it's another way that you can worship with us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, right now. Like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then over in the third chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, verses 9 through 10, and then verse 16. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. And then in verse 16, do you know, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Back in 1997, my mother did something that I never thought I would live to see her do. She sold the family farm that she had lived on for 30 years that my sister and I had grown up on, and she moved to town. Only people who've lived in country know what I mean by saying move to town. That's just what she did without even talking to me and my sister much about it. She just decided that she was tired of being out there in the middle of nowhere by herself, and she was tired of taking care of all of that property by herself, and she put it up for sale. And I had always thought, well, no one's going to want to buy a farm out in the middle of nowhere, but apparently somebody did because someone made an offer on, on it, and, and then before we knew what was even happening, we were looking for a new house. My mother had, for the first time in 30-something years, was looking for a house. And so I decided I was going to help her, right? And I knew that I was just going to be a great deal of help because Tammy and I had just bought our first house. It was a little house over in the Five Point area of, of Huntsville, if you know where that is. And we had loved that place. We'd put a lot of work and a lot of effort in trying to renovate things in that little house. And so I thought I knew just what my mother was looking for. And we would go, the realtor would take us to a house, and I would think, look at this place. Man, this has got a lot of potential. And I, I was getting real excited. And, and then my mother would like, nope, nope, not this place. And so we would go to another place. And I would look at it and I would say to myself, what could you do with this place? Look at all that you could do with this place. And my mother would like, nope, this is not it. And finally we got in the car and I, I looked at her and I said, Mom, what's going on? And she said these words to me, son. I am not looking for a fixer-upper. And I said, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot of difference. We started looking at a whole different kind of house because I didn't, I thought what I 
would look for is like, okay, something that we could fix up. Nope, not her. So we started looking at different kinds of houses. And sometimes, as you know, you've done this before, you pull up outside of the house, you look at it from the outside, you think, this looks, this looks great. And then you walk inside and look around and you think, this place has got a lot of work to do. And then we would just, my mom would be like, nope, not this place, not this place. You see, she'd been through the fixer-upper part in her life plenty of times. And that wasn't what she was looking for. And then the house that she ended up getting was an older house. Uh, it, It looked great on the outside. But when you walked in, you could tell that someone had spent a lot of love and care completely renovating the inside of that house. And the inside was just as lovely as the outside was. And my mom said, this is the one. And almost 23 years later, she still lives in this house and still loves this house because it was ready just to move in. All the renovation had been done. So what I want us to see today is, is that, that you and I are, are like spiritual houses, right? But you and I are fixer-uppers. We are. We're fixer-uppers. Uh, starting a new series today to carry us through Lent, and it's called Renovate. And in order for all of this to make sense to all of us, then early on we're going to have to kind of wrap our minds around this idea that that we're spiritual houses. If we can just embrace that metaphor, it'll all make sense to us. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 5, we just read, Peter said, you're living stones and you're being built into a spiritual house. And then Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he says, you're God's building. And then he goes on to say, you're, you're the temple and the Holy Spirit lives in you. You're, you're a building. You and I are not just physical shells. We're spiritual houses. And here's what I want us to remember. God wants the interior to be just as lovely as the exterior. And may I say to you all this morning, your exteriors look great. Y'all are looking good today. But our interiors got to look just as good because what's on the inside matters too, right? Yes, it does. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 reminds us of what happens when the Holy Spirit, whose temple we are, is alive and well and active and producing fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, Paul writes, is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh my goodness. When our interior fruit uh, starts to bear the outward fruit of these things, I'll go through the list again. Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When that starts to happen, then we start to look as lovely on the inside as we do on the outside. So, I don't know about you, but whenever I go down the list, the love, joy, I sing the little song in my head. Do you do that? The little song that we teach the children. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Anyway. 
That's what I do. I still sing the ABC song, too, when I'm doing an uh, alphabetical. But whenever I go down that list and I do an inventory, I think to myself, whew, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. I, I'm, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. We're not there yet. Have you ever watched any of those uh, home renovation TV shows like Fixer Upper or, or Flipper Flop or the Property Brothers? Any of y'all ever watch those? Those are fun. Those are fun. Spiritual renovation, though, is different in a couple of different ways. Well, one is that you and I in spiritual renovation, our inner renovation, you and I are partners with God and with spiritual friends in this whole process. We're partners, and there are jobs that we must do ourselves. There are jobs that we ourselves must do, and only us. You see, you're the only one who can do a spiritual inner walkthrough in your life. I'm the only one that can do a spiritual inner walkthrough in my life. Um, nobody else can do that for you. Nobody can do it for me. It's walking through just like you would walk through a house and look at things and look at them closely. And I walk through inner my inner life and I say, okay, Sam, is there a hurt that you have not addressed that is turning into bitterness in your life? You see, questions like, hey, Sam, have you learned how to deal with your anger in a healthy way? Everybody's got anger. I don't care if you're the most laid-back person in the world. Everybody's got anger. What do you do with it? Do you, do you deal with it in a healthy way? Um, I need to go through. I'm walking through myself, and I'm going to say, Sam, are you holding a grudge? I know what they do, but are you holding a grudge? Uh, hey, Sam... Do you have a problem with gossip or greed or lust or all of these tough questions that we ask ourselves and try to be honest, right, and go through? And if I do that, then sometimes I'm going to think I'm starting to look like some of those houses I looked like with my mom, looked at with my mom that looked great on the outside, but on the inside it was a mess because same with me sometimes. I might look all handsome and dignified, do not laugh, on the outside and have a happy face on, but sometimes on the inside, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. So there's jobs that only we can do ourselves, and at the same time, spiritual friendships are important. Spiritual friendships. It's a very Wesleyan thing to do, to have people that know and love you well enough to look at you and say, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? Do you have those kinds of friendships? I hope that you do. And if you don't, I hope that you can develop some. I have a few people in my life that know me well, just a few people because I'm an introvert. and I don't run around with a great gob number of people and even less people who take the interior walkthrough with me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I do have people that I have already given permission to ask me, how is it with your soul? And they can expect me to answer honestly because I've given them a voice in my life. Spiritual friends. 
Sometimes my spiritual friends see what I am blind to in my life. We all have blind spots, I'm just telling you. We all do. Sometimes my spiritual friend sees that. One of my spiritual friends is a pastoral counselor, Dr. Stuart Jackson, and and he's a, he's a friend, he's a mentor, but he's, I also talk to him as a counselor, and he has permission to ask me all kinds of uncomfortable things and expect me to answer honestly because that's our relationship. It is a vital part to my interior health. My most trusted spiritual friend slash best friend slash life partner is my wife, Tammy. She's the one who really knows what's going on with me. If you want to know what's going on with me, don't ask me, ask her. Uh, because I will probably say, I'm just fine. I'm really, you know, really, I'm good. But she's the one that says, uh, what's wrong? And then I'll say something like, nothing. Why do you ask? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Nothing. Why do you ask? And then she keeps going because she loves me. And she gets to walk through the walkthrough with me because she loves me. And I get to do that with her. And it only really works because it comes from a place of love. And do you have somebody that can walk through with you? Do you have somebody that knows you well enough to know that something's off and can ask you the tough question? So once we listen to our spiritual friends, and once we do the walk through ourselves, and we're being honest, then we're going to need some work, okay? We're going to realize that some work needs to be done. And we can turn to the only one who can do the renovation work. The only one who really renovates is God. There are things that only God can do inside of us. The Apostle Peter, when he was writing that letter that we read from earlier, to a group of Christians, he was writing to a group of Christians that were really going through some terrible suffering. They were being persecuted and so many of them were being martyred for their faith. This was the group of people that Peter was saying, look, you guys are living stones and you're built into a spiritual house. But he tells them at the end of that letter, at the end of First Peter, who does the renovation. I want you to hear these words, First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. After you have suffered a little while, he writes to them, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, listen to this, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. God, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory, will himself restore you, support you, strengthen you, and establish you. Can you just take those words in, like taking a deep breath? Because it is God who restores, supports, strengthens. I know I just said earlier that there were jobs that only you could do for yourself, that only I can do for myself. And that is true. I know I said you need spiritual friends to walk through the walkthrough with you. And that's true. But look, you're partners with God in this. And our main job in this whole thing is to simply open up ourselves to God and to allow God, the God of all grace, to restore us.
You know, if you were to, to pop over to our house for a visit, please don't. I mean, just call. It's not we don't want to have it, but just like call. But if you were to pop over uh, and, and I saw you at the door, I might, I might go and close a few doors before I let you in. Mainly the doors to my children's bedrooms. You know, and you would do the same, and most of you would do the same. Some of you uh, live like house beautiful all the time. I don't understand that, but um, it's the same thing in, in our lives. Sometimes we close those rooms off, you know. We close them off. And we are reluctant to open them up to let God start to do the work. This renovation stuff that we're talking about during Lent is not a do-it-yourself project. Do-it-yourself projects at home are wonderful if you've got a few skills. Do-it-yourself spiritual renovation does not work. It doesn't work that way at all. This series will not be a self-help series. It will be more like a So Help Me God series. So my encouragement to you and to me is to let's just roll up our sleeves during Lent. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Join one of these small group stories. Make some spiritual friendships. Let's start doing some of this inner work. I want to encourage you sometime during these 40 days to spend some time at one of our prayer stations. Starting this week, we're going to be setting up seven different prayer stations around the church building. They're all designed to, each one of them is going to be different. Each one of them is going to be done by a different person, a different theme. They're all going to be designed to help us to do our spiritual walkthrough. There'll be something there to read, something, something to reflect upon, maybe even something to take with you as you go. Sometime during these 40 days, stop by. But we can start right now. We can start right now by opening ourselves up as we come to the Lord's table and saying, God, do that work in me that only you can do. Will you join me as, as we turn to uh, page 12? Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.
God. 